The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron laughed. No, oh, he did it. No. <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. We know you're never in the city. You see me repping. You see me repping the city because I'm Why not. This is still repping in a way. Like I was saying before we came on, I feel like you, you had the Mahomes jersey last week for the return of video. Now you got the the Kansas. You got you, you're either working on a sponsorship deal or, or you're gonna have to keep this going as long as you can. Hey man, just wait and see what I got next week. Talk soon. You got to be hype. I'm, I'm I'm surprised you weren't in the fog for late night. Ah oh, man, it looked like it was lit, bro. I ain't gonna lie. They had Shaq, Shaq there. Shaq, Shaq Diesel. Okay. Well, well, like people were telling me that it was gonna be Jay Cole, that it, that Cole mm-hmm. was gonna be the guy. Um, but remember a few years ago they had Snoop Dogg, and that was pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, and he had his whole entourage. Let me retweet the live video. I appreciate y'all rocking with us if you're up here. Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride. Uh, this is episode 29. Having some fun with it. Let me Almost retweet 30, this. Man. Magic number. It's kind of crazy. I feel like time flies when you're having fun. I, I agree, man. You know, as much stuff as we talk to each other, love working with you, man. Oh, it works with the great Aaron Lab, man. You know, it's just the vibes be crazy, man. It's a pleasure, man. I'm honored. I'm truly honored. Uh, this is this is perfect segue. Like, it, it's hilarious, like how quickly people have like started rocking with us. I'm at Arrowhead, just chilling. You know, we get there. I, I want to say so. It was a 3:25 kick. I got there like. I want to say 115, 130. Okay, two hours before game. Yeah, 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 solid. The, the players were already there, but, um, you know, we got there around then. And right away, it, it, is that Aaron Lat? Hey, where's Mark at? Where, where, where's – like, people expect us to be – Bro, every time you tell me this, I really think you'd be capping, but you really don't. Cap. <laughs> it's really not cap. The, the Gunnels army is, is deep, which is crazy because you haven't stepped foot in the city – Longer than a week for for years now, but your imprint is is still here in the city. Just just hanging out this summer. Stop it. (laughs) 
That was cool, man. You good? Every, everything's good on the West Coast over there, Chiefs Coast to Coast. You you over there holding it down. Uh, Lakers season just started, so I know you. Uh, I know you're gonna start getting stressed out already. Oh man, you know I'm not gonna let them stress me out. When you have low expectations, you can't be disappointed. So my expectations are very, very low for that team this year. But we're gonna get to it. I am in LA. You know who's out here? Uh, a guy named a uh, three-letter guy. We'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. Mm. I'm on the recruiting trail. Just I'm on recruiting trail. That's a little bit of a tease. We will talk about speculation surrounding that three-letter guy who's still working his way back to the field. We'll go down to Vegas and check in with Mark, who's still treading water. You know, he's doing all right. We gave him to the bye week, and he's holding on. We'll check in on his picks from last week. We'll have his picks for Chiefs 49ers as well. And, and then, of course, we'll get into this. This Chiefs Bills recap here on Chiefs Coast to Coast, Arrowhead Pride Podcast platform. Aaron Ladd, Mark Gunnels, man, I think we called this one. When we were talking about this game previously, I think we kind of predicted what it kind of came down to. 24-20 Buffalo wins in Arrowhead. And look, man, if you tell me Mahomes had the ball with a minute four left and needed a score, I'm taking that all day of the week, and it just didn't happen uh, for Kansas City on Sunday. Yeah, and I mean, the guy that Buffalo really got for the Chiefs made the key plays at the end, Von Miller, on that last interception. He forced Mahomes to get the ball out maybe a little quicker than he wanted to with his quick uh, spin move. I mean, that's his signature move. He beat uh, Wiley on that one, and he forced Mahomes off his spot, and it led to an interception. And not just that play, it was the other key plays down the stretch that Von Miller made an impact. Probably didn't get the sack, and he did get, what, two sacks in that game, I believe. Yeah. So it's not like he didn't get sacks, but even on plays where he didn't get sacks, he was able to force Mahomes off his spot, make him uncomfortable, and made him rush things. And obviously, you know, Von Miller, he's a future Hall of Famer. He's still playing at a high level, which is very rare for a guy of his age, man. He's still a top pass rusher in this league, so... That's what they got him for to make those key plays and especially against this Kansas City Chiefs offense. And it paid dividends on Sunday. We kind of been doing these game grades, if you will, last week and this week. I put down in that same range, like a C plus B minus all things considered with the guys they were missing on defense, the rookie corners, Buffalo having the extra motivations of the 13 seconds and all that. I was impressed by Kansas City's ability to hang around in the game. I mean, it, it felt like there were points in time in which, um, you know, it, Buffalo could have taken ahead or, you, you know, they go turnover for turnover or whatever it is. Um, that was one of my major takeaways as well as I felt like the defense hung around and, and the offense kind of sputtered at points in time too, but the defense really needed uh, to generate more turnovers. They got five turnovers through six weeks. And it's just not good enough for a team that uh, we think needs to needs to get more. No, I totally agree, man. And I'll give them in that same range as well. C plus B minus. I'm actually probably going to grade them a little higher than I did against the Raiders. And they actually won that game. But you have to consider the quality of the opponent and the circumstances. I mean, hence to this game, we both picked the Bills to win. And considering you had Joshua Williams out there starting his first game, I mean, God bless his heart. You know, I went to HBCU, so I have a soft spot for him as well. But he went from guarding HBCU wide receivers to guarding Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis on the island. It's <laughs> a pretty big gap in talent, I would say. Yeah. No disrespect to the HBCUs out there. Salute. 
But uh, yeah, I think he did a pretty good job. But I'm going to blame more of this on Spags because he literally handed them two touchdowns. And the one before halftime is inexcusable. At that point, once they cross midfield, it's less than 30 seconds to go. You're just playing safe and keeping everything in front of you, and you're conceding a field goal. Why are you playing man-to-man with a rookie corner on an island (laughs) against Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs in that situation? It's beyond me. And it's what Spags does. We saw it last year against the Bengals in that first game. He adjusted in the second game, but in that first game, leaving guys on an island with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. I mean, you have to understand your personnel, especially when you have rookies out there. I understand you have trust and belief in your guys, but that only goes so far, man. Those guys are the best in their position, especially Stefan Diggs. So I'm not even going to blame them. That's more of a coaching thing. And despite that, you still only allowed 24 points. If you would have said before the game and you said, if you would have said before the game, if Mahomes had the ball yeah. and need a touchdown, you would take that. Well, I think you would have took this as well. If I said before the game, the Chiefs defense will only give up 24 points against this Bills team. You think that's a win, right? You can at least score 27. So the defense played great. Like I said, Spags blew a couple of plays for them. But, you know, Mahomes threw two picks. The one in the end zone, I don't really blame him that much for. He gave his guy a chance. Sure, there are two guys there, I understand. But it's the Steph Curry effect, right? When he's shooting them 35, 40-foot threes and he's missing two or three in a row, people are like, oh, that's a bad shot. But it's not a bad shot. It's Steph Curry. So you have to live and take the good and the bad with Patrick Mahomes as well. Now, the second one, obviously, that was a, a buzz kill. But Hold. I, I mean, hey, 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 I got that written down because we're definitely going to get to that. And I know oh, this is – He's going, I'm rambling. You mentioned, and I went back and found this one in the Chiefs Media Guy. You said, Hey, if you hold the Bills to 24 points, like I'd take that. This is from the Chiefs Media Guy. Since 2018, the Chiefs are 45 and three when they hold their opponents to less than 27 points. And that includes postseason play. They've, hold a, they've held four opponents under 27 points already this year. And this is the rare time in which they don't win the game. I think turnover battle was a, was something that we mentioned earlier as wanting to see more turnover generated by the Chiefs defense. But I've used this platform before, Mark, and we've stood on calling mid-mid. Can we call mid-mid? Yeah, of course, 100%. The Chiefs special teams unit is mid so far. Uh, can, we go out on a, can we go out on a limb and say that uh, as far as kick returning, uh, Kansas City has still yet to find a consistent kick returner, somebody that flips the field and gives their offense uh, a, a little spark when they need it. I'm not saying somebody that's going to take it all the way to the house, but uh, I haven't really seen Pacheco even bring out. Let me back this up a little bit. I haven't seen him do it consistently. I, I want somebody in Kansas City from a special teams unit that can do it consistently. And I'll even extend that to Harrison Bucker, who did turn his back when he made the 62-yarder and did the whole Steph Curry thing. You mentioned Steph Curry. But then you go out there and, and, and miss the one we really need. Was it 51? Or, 51, or was it 51? Yes. Um, yeah. And that's a guy that's working back. Kansas City's unit, and and I'll let you go before I pull up the numbers on it. It's it's a bottom half unit in the league as far as special teams are concerned. And and when a game like this, when it's the top two teams in the AFC and you need a turnover or you need special teams to make a play for you, Kansas City couldn't get it. And they haven't gotten it all year from the special teams unit. 
Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that we don't talk about as much as we probably should because you're getting nothing from the kick return game. It's at the point now where I would just rather you – Touchbacks. Yeah, touchbacks. Sit it to yeah. the end zone. Yeah, absolutely. Versus getting it at the 15 or 20 at this point. I mean, come on. And I know the excuse is going to be, well, he's too involved offensively, but McCole Hardman – I know he really was this punt return guy, but and I want him there too as well because he gives you some juice there. I mean, he made he was an all pro as a as a punt returner. People forget that, and you know he gave you a spark. He's turned games. Remember that Texans game when they were down twenty four to nothing. He had that punt return all the way to, I think to their like thirty yard line. That kind of changed the momentum of that game. He's shifty, so, yeah, definitely. So in games like that, you need you know, something a little extra to kind of get you over the top when you're playing those top teams in the league. So, yeah, I totally agree. Um, I get why they want to have Pacheco back there. You, obviously, he's very fast. He's a hard runner, but it's just not really working out right now. Let me give you the numbers before we yeah, transition ahead, off of this. It's Chiefs special teams ranks, punt return average, seven and a half. That's 20th in the league. Kick return average, 20 and a half. That's 25th. Kick return average allowed is 26 and a half, which is 28th. I think that's pretty good. Um, it just not getting just not getting enough returns, and um, you know it, it it showed up in a game like this. Who did show up also on the offensive side of the ball was Juju. You've been asking for it since training camp. We've been seeing him and his involvement uh, with Patrick Mahomes and kind of that chemistry in the intermediate routes, and it paid off in a big way with his first touchdown and his first hundred yard game in Kansas City. You've been asking for it, man, and, and here it is in video. Oh man, shout out to Serta, man. Just high quality, <laughs> high quality stuff right here, Producing. man. Look at Juju in there, just scampering into the end zone. Now we're gonna see Mahomes slide in there. Do you see that slide? Look at that. <laughs> that was clean. That was a clean slide from Mahomes, man. But you know, let's start with Mahomes. Speaking of him, the Mahomes magic, keeping the play alive. Yeah. And how about Juju breaking the tackle there, man? I mean, he's big. He's He's built like a tight end, kind of, man. I mean, Juju is a really, really physical receiver, and he's hard to bring down. I'm really excited to see it. I've been talking about it all summer, as you alluded to. He's going to be that second go-to guy behind Travis Kelsey because he's working that middle of the field, man, and it's going to be open a lot with how teams play this Chiefs offense. So it's good to see them build that chemistry, and I think it's going to continue as the season goes on. Juju Smith-Schuster, the first Chiefs wide receiver to go over 100-yard receiving in one game this year, and that kind of talks to them sprinkling the ball around, trying to get a lot of different guys involved. Um, but what I would say from Juju's takeaway is I still need to see more targets, man. Five for five was good, but I, I want to see him in that 7-8 range again. Kelsey comes away with, with 10 targets. He's the high target man as far as pass catchers are concerned. And then it's Juju at five, Hardman at four, and a bunch of different guys at three. Uh, I want to see more involvement from him. I want to see him in that seven to eight range because I think, and we saw it in this one, he can be effective when uh, when you at least target him. Because that's not a touchdown play that he scored on. I mean, we all know that. I mean, that, that's a tackle. You got three guys over there in that area. I mean, he yeah. moves the change, but you don't usually score on plays like that. Good things happen when Juju gets the ball, and, and I would like to see him get more involved. Let's go to that first interception, man, because we're going to fight on this one. And I've been fighting with everybody all week on this one. It's a bad throw, and we're looking at the video now. Third and goal, the Buffalo just gave you the turnover, and to me, I know what it is, 
uh, it's Mahomes being Mahomes and extending the play. And we like seeing that from him and uh, all the magic stuff. And and even the juju touchdown was a version of this. Uh, But in a heavyweight fight, when you look at the end of the game and you consider this possession and you consider the missed field goal from Harrison Butker, you really want those six points back at the end of the game. Okay, so would you have said this is a bad throw if MVS comes down with that? And I think that's where context matters because we haven't seen MVS come down with it yet. Maybe Mahomes has in practice, and he spent way more time throwing a football to him than any of us have. But you're backpedaling already, and there's two guys over there around him. It's a spectacular play. It's a spectacular play. You, you remember these Amazon commercials where they would show the percentages? The percentages are extremely low. Like, I'm yeah. talking under 15% completion. Launch it into the stands, get your kicker an in-rhythm kick, and go up 3 nothing, and, and, and get your defense back on the field. I, I know a lot of fans are going to say, yo, it's Mahomes, let Mahomes work, but it's his fatal flaw in my opinion. And see, this is where – it just feels very hindsight-ish to me because there's a lot of plays Mahomes make where the probability was very, very low and it's ended up happening. And, you know, like I keep saying, I go back to the Steph Curry thing. When he misses four or five straight threes in a row from near half court, people are like, those are bad shots. Those are bad shots. But are they really bad shots when it's Steph Curry? Yeah, there's bad shots for Ben Simmons, even though he never shoots the ball, but you know, <laughs> other guys like that, right? Other guys that don't shoot the three ball well, it's bad shots for them. But can't we agree that Steph Curry is the anomaly? And I can say the same thing for Mahomes. Yeah, that's a bad decision for Kirk Cousins, that's a bad decision for Derek Carr. But we've seen Mahomes make those type of plays on a consistent basis to where I think we deserve well, he deserves the leeway. Don't you kind of get where I'm coming from on that one? Uh, it's and this is where I say it's a double-edged sword, right? And, and, and Brett Veach even talked about this in the aftermath of last year's AFC Championship game. I know we hate talking about that game on this platform, but it's important in this context. He says the Chiefs' worst enemy sometimes is themselves. And I think in this situation, uh, a, a lot of times we see Patrick Mahomes know that he has the ability to throw any guy open. I got a 6'4 receiver there in the corner with two smaller DBs on him. Ideally, I am more qualified than any quarterback in the world to make that throw. That doesn't necessarily make it the right decision. And ultimately, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to decide for himself what the what the perfect range is for that to be because I think fans would be upset if he if he took that out of his game completely. Well, that's, that's, not who, that's not who he is. You know what I mean? Like he is like, best when he plays who who, who he is, but it, it, it it's not a it's not a good throw. That's what I was gonna say. So if you're Andy Reid, like you don't coach that out of him, right? Like what do you do? Like do you just say, hey, we just live with it and fight on to the next one, or do you tell him, you know, you got to be more selective? But then it's like now you're in his head. Now I was like, oh, do I do the Mahomes magic now or not? Like, it, it's a weird thing, bro. I don't, I don't know yeah. how you talk to him about that. Yeah, it's uh, it's something that we're going to see again. And I know for a fact it'll come up because we saw it in the, one of the biggest games last year. We saw it in, already in one of the biggest games this year in the first quarter, uh, kind of that double-edged sword of the Mahomes magic. Let's go on wax real quick as we wrap up this, this Chiefs-Bills game. Is that all right with you? We're going on wax? Let's do it. It's an easy question. Do these two teams match up again in this year's NFL playoffs? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. 
you want me to elaborate or is that just yes or no? Well, yeah, we we do have a podcast. We got to got to fill time. So oh, well, I didn't. If I didn't you know. could elaborate, if you could elaborate a little. Oh, okay, bit, well, nice. I have yeah. no problem doing that. I love, <laughs> I love talking. So it's just I get to talk more. I'm going to take. It. Um, but yeah, when you look at the landscape of the AFC, and before the year, the narrative was what a gauntlet the AFC is, especially the AFC West. Now you have the Broncos. They're at two and four. The Raiders are one and four. The Chargers are four and two, but they're a really shaky four and two. They shouldn't have. That Broncos game was ugly. <laughs> if you watch that game Monday night, I, God bless your heart. But uh, besides that, the Browns, they were saying maybe if they can hold water until Watson gets back. Well, they're what, two and four now. Um, the Bengals are three and three, so they're kind of figuring things out a little bit. The Ravens are three and three. I mean, the AFC East, the yeah. Bills, the Jets. You really believe in the Jets at four and two? The Dolphins are three and three. The AFC South, nobody in the AFC South I'm taking seriously. So the AFC is not as tough as people thought it was going to be before the year. I think it's a clear gap between the Chiefs, Bills, and everyone else. And I, I don't see how they don't match up. I mean, who do you believe in that's going to mess it up? You you trust the Ravens? You trust the Chargers? The only, the pause, the only pause I have in saying it's an absolute 100% lock it in, bet the house type yes is that it's just so early. I mean, these teams are matched up in week six. Uh, it, there's so much football left to play. Uh, God forbid anybody gets hurt, but we know that there's a grueling schedule down the stretch. Um, I'm obviously going to say yes. Uh, uh, I just think, you know, it, these are the two best teams. And I thought being in Arrowhead, listening to the press conferences, listening back to, to, to the locker room sound, had a chance to talk with Nick Bolton after the game one-on-one as well. That was really cool. Got some of that video up on Twitter. But the mutual admiration between these two teams is just completely evident. You didn't see the Bills. And somebody touched on this. I forgot who it is. I want to give credit to them. But if you remember when the Bills beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead last season in that rainy, sloppy mess, it, it, it was so out of hand for so long. And, and the Bills completely, they completely, I don't want to say over-celebrated, but you could tell that they were they were visibly excited. I remember people saying congrats on winning the Super Bowl because it looked like they were almost popping champagne. There was none of that this year. And despite how the game ended in what dramatic fashion it did, it was business as usual from Buffalo. And that kind of showed to me, you know, th these two teams know that, hey, this is this is round one of a, of a heavyweight fight. Well, to push back, though, did you see that video about the, the players on the sideline? That was just perfect Mark propaganda. That was perfect. That was perfect Gunnels propaganda. I'm just saying. I mean, we can't you can't say that and, and not bring that up. I mean, is that not celebrating and kind of, you know, you got beat. You got beat. Any And, and to Patrick Mahomes's point, anytime you get beat at home, it's a loss. You NFL teams going into the year want to say, hey. We're winning all our games at home. We're 8-0 at home, and then we'll figure out how to do it on the road. Obviously, that's not realistic, but for Kansas City, it usually is. They were on an eight-game home winning streak up until this most recent game, and it was from the last time Buffalo beat them, I thought. At, at well, not, not, right? count, not counting the playoffs. Yeah, well, well yeah, we don't talk about that game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you can't lose at home. So, I mean, yo, they're going to be emotional. This is a rivalry. I didn't think that was anything like – I thought stomping on the logo from the Raiders was way more. You know, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 and the bus ride and all of that. Yeah. Exactly, little little Tom tomahawk chop or whatever. That's fine. You already know how I feel about that anyway. So uh, <laughs> you know, win and and that's not a problem. Nah, for sure, for sure. But and also, let me just say this too. For sure, when we talk about the one seed. 
do, do you think that's pretty much a lock for the Bills at this point? Okay, if you look no, at their it's too early. It's too early. Their yeah. schedule is really, really light, though, man. And I can see a scenario, best case, they tie, and then obviously the Bills have the tiebreaker. It's going to be really hard to get that one seed for the Chiefs. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get in this grab bag. We are uh, having some fun here on Chiefs Coast to Coast. Appreciate y'all rocking with us. If you got comments, questions, concerns, we'll get to those at the end of the show. We got a couple of voicemails that we'll get to later in the pod as well. Voice- yeah, voicemails. Y'all been rocking with us on the voicemail line. It's a little different. I know a lot of people wondering where the spaces are. I even text Mark. I was like, right after the game, I was like, well, it wasn't right after the game. But It was like seven hours after the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to give you all the space. A lot of people have been clamoring for the space. Mark, this was one of the few times that, I mean, we got to mark this down in history. Mark Gunnels could not go into space. He was preoccupied. That's crazy, man. It was like 11 o'clock at night. It was like 1 o'clock your time. <laughs> I got to look back. I don't know if it was that late, but it, it you know, I have, I have a responsibility. I have duties for, for, for KSHB 41 that I have to perform. And then by the time I finally get home and, you know, get in the mode where I want to do a space, it, it was a little late. Well, I figured you were on the West coast, you know, <laughs> Hey man, I have to wake up early. I work in the morning, man. We'll get to y'all on the spaces. I promise. But in the meantime, if you want to tap in with us on the show, leave a voicemail, 816-514-126. Seven is the line. We got a couple of those coming up later in the show, but the grab bag starts with that three-letter name that you mentioned before. And this is it's, it's about that time in the year, right? The weather's turning, the leaves are changing, and Odell Beckham is looking for a new home. And allegedly the Kansas City Chiefs are high on his list. If you can't tell, I'm pretty giddy right oh now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, I love these skilled position players. I love these receivers. You know, I'm all for giving Mahomes as many weapons as possible. Go get OBJ. Hashtag OBJ to KC. Make it happen. Look, any chance you get to improve this team and any chance you get to make Mahomes happy, you do it. OBJ, I mean, it's coming off the ACL. I get it. But he's going to be very cheap. He shouldn't cost that much. You're only going to have him for maybe six to eight games, uh, maybe a little bit more, including the, including the playoffs. I think you make it happen. He's been flirting on Twitter. People have been saying Bills are Chiefs. He's responding. Did you see the emoji other- thing today? He like tweeted yeah, like he's, <laughs> the emoji. He's, it's cryptic tweet season. Oh, I hate I it. Make it happen, man, because he adds an, another dimension to this offense. He's a guy that can take the ball and he gets a lot of yak, right? He's not Tyreek Hill. Nobody's Tyreek Hill, but he does bring kind of that type of element to your offense, considering he's still going to be that same guy. Look what he did for the Rams last year. He took their offense to a totally different level and they already had Cooper Cup. We already have Travis Kelsey. So Kelsey's going to be the possession guy in the middle of the field. 
OBJ is capable of taking it over the top, taking the top off the defense. And I think for him, it makes perfect sense because you come to a team where you're looking as OBJ in his mind, he's like, I'll be the best receiver in this receiving room. Now, will that be true? I'm not sure. But in his mind, I'm sure he's thinking that. You go to Buffalo, you're clearly behind Stephon Diggs. And even Gabe Davis may have an argument because he's been looking really good. So you come here, you got Travis Kelsey, and you have the offensive mind in Andy Reid, right? I think that's very enticing. And then obviously playing with Patrick Mahomes. So I think it makes a lot of sense for him to come to Kansas City. I never thought it was possible until lately. Because we talked about this earlier in the season. We were yeah, like training camp, it felt like we yeah, were like, oh, not gonna the door open. He's not going to be on Westport. He's not going to be at L House. He's not going to be on the Plaza. But now I think it's a real chance because the Rams are a complete mess. Why would he want to return back to that? And who knows what their record is going to be at that point? And I will say this. Rumors are saying that they lowballed him. They haven't gave their last offer yet. He's not going to return until mid-November, late November. Guess who the Chiefs play on November 27th? Who's that, Mark? The LA Rams. Perfect story. I don't have much to add to it. I'll add this from Aaron Wilson on Twitter. Chiefs regarded as a strong contender for veteran free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. Per league sources, as he contemplates options, continues to make steady progress in his recovery from a torn ACL. Potential connection between OBJ and Patrick Mahomes is intriguing. It's like Groundhog's Day around Kansas City. We had this exact same conversation around this exact same time or a little bit later last year. Kansas City's wide receiver options were good, but could they be better? Odell was flirting. Odell was talking to all the top teams. And Kansas City's always seemingly in the mix. When you have 15 as your quarterback and Travis Kelsey out there as well, and you've got the championship pedigree and the mind of Andy Reid, as you mentioned, you're always going to be in that mix for top free agents veteran free agents we know what this is this is a six-week deal this is an eight-week deal this is a come for the playoffs this is get healthy and play your role we'll simplify the offense down for you to be able to come in and contribute but my two pushbacks are at what cost do you cut sky moore's production do you cut sky moore's confidence in him building up back into his role in his offense by bringing in an Odell, Be- Odell Beckham? Do you signal to, to oh, McCole Hardman that, you know, maybe this isn't a long-term home for you, that we're still trying to figure out who can fill the production of that role in that offense? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to say, and this is all kicked off by Kelsey restructuring, and he's been killing the podcast game too, man. That That, that show, the clips are everywhere. He uh he, he knows what he's doing, and um kudos to him for restructuring that deal. I think it was like three and a half mil or something like that. And he mentioned that hey, something's in the air. If it's not OBJ, it's somebody. Uh, Brett Veach is working. And yeah, I got more to add to this. Yeah, like you said, the easy answer is McCole Hartman, right? There's no reason at this point where what year four? Is year four for Hartman? Contract we're year. Still, we're still having these kind of communication issues with Mahomes and maybe running the wrong routes and not being at the right spot at the right time. Why are we still having that? And in his limited opportunities, Sky Moore is making the most of it. He had a nice catch on Sunday for about 20 yards. I, I think the easy answer would be McColl because after this year, I truly believe that they're going to let him walk and they're going to cut ties. So they don't have to feel obligated to him 
moving forward or even this year because they, in their mind, I'm, I'm imagining that he's going to be gone after this season. I think the priority will be to resign Juju out of those two guys. You have to pick one and not to mention, think about this. The last two guys that the chiefs got that said no, the first time ended up being a chief. Remember Melvin Ingram and, that Juju. Yeah. and Juju. It's hard to say no to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes twice. So keep that in mind. Yeah, I got nothing else on that. Let's go quickly on some defensive reinforcements. Help is on the way. Willie Gay, suspension has been served. Andy Reid kind of mum about it today. We'll see how he does, but it's hard to imagine he's not right back out there against the Niners. He seemed pretty hype on Instagram, posted that little um, return video, and we know how badly and sorely missed his playmaking ability is needed on that defensive side of the ball alongside Nick Bolton. And then Trent McDuffie practiced today, uh, a good sign. Andy Reid said on Monday that if he's able to go through the full week of practice, he'll be out there. I know it's bye week next week, and a lot of people were wondering, well, you know, just, just give him the extra two weeks or three weeks or what it is to just knock it out of the way. Andy Reid saying, nope, if he if we think he's ready to go this week, he'll go. And uh, I, those are big reinforcements for, for Casey. Yeah, absolutely. Especially lately when you see the Chiefs are getting gashed on the ground. I think Willie Gay helps that a lot as far as filling those gaps with his speed, his physicality. So I think that would be a, a major, major help. And he, he'll be back on Sunday for sure. And as far as Trent McDuffie, I was actually of the thinking, like people were saying before, about, you know, they got the buy after this. Just let yeah. him rest through the buy. But now I, I've changed my tune because I think it actually helps the case to play him this Sunday. Because you do have the buy after this. So, yeah, get him out there. Get Let him get his feet wet. I'm not going to say he's going to play all the snaps, you know, but at least, you know, give him some reps. And then you got the buy to have a little extra rest after that. So I do think it actually makes more sense to play him so he can get his feet wet. So when he comes back from the buy, he's not so cold, right? And then also in this matchup, this isn't like an air attack team they're going against. The Niners want to run the ball and beat you on the ground. Jimmy yeah. G's not going to just – lights you up and throw for over 300 yards. So it's not like you're going against a top quarterback and a top passing attack. So I think this is actually a really good, comfortable spot to bring them back in. I think his return uh, also could possibly help the defensive line. I know people have been asking for more pass rush, more pressure. Those corners being a little bit stickier, a little bit less separation, helping the quarterback hold the ball just a tick longer. Uh, maybe Frank Clark gets home. Maybe some of those missed sacks and close near sacks, those almost Tom and Jerry style, style sacks where we see two Chiefs run into each other and the quarterback escape out. Maybe those turn into to sacks on the stat sheet with Trent McDuffie and Willie Gay back in there for Kansas City. Let's transition into this Niners preview, man. We're rolling right along. Chiefs coast to coast. Mark Gunnels on the West Coast. Aaron Ladd is a kid from Kansas City currently here in the 816 chiefs niners just disown you man that's nasty no nah, man hey, people know what it is i was just home i was just home on tuesday for the for the braves game people people show love you know yeah and they lost you probably should stay away <sighs> you had to i know you're not talking with your dodgers because i mean that was worse that, that was worse Ar arguably worse i know we were the defending champs but that op-ed from the LA Times and the hundred hundred plus win season, yeah, that was a meltdown. That was that was a big meltdown. Big meltdown. That's because you out there. <laughs> the Chiefs are playing the Niners this week, and they are on that bye week, the week after, as we mentioned. But 
not looking ahead to that. They're focused on the Niners, and they need to be focused on the Niners because this is a good op opponent that they're facing, road opponent that they're facing, and one of the best defenses in the league as well. Patrick Mahomes says, you know, guys need to come in extremely focused this week. Yeah, and it looks yeah, like they yeah, may be getting a lot of guys. I mean, after losing the game and then looking at turning on the film and watching this opponent we're about to play, uh, guys better be locked in because if we don't play our best football, uh, we're not going to win. So uh, guys will be locked in and ready to go. Is this your first time on a, on a podcast? Sorry. You got, I, I mean, you got we, the rundown too. Are you, I was throwing the lob. It was like a jelly layup. Like, yeah, oh. you know, that was that was my bad. You know, I got too excited and I interrupted <sighs> Mahomes, man. I should never do that. <laughs> <laughs> they need to be focused. You were to, yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I mean, you got the bye coming up. So obviously, you know, a lot of guys look forward to that bye week, right? It's a time to kind of reset. Go back to your hometown. Reset. <laughs> Reset. Reset. Go, go back to the crib. Go see your favorite restaurant in the hood. You know how guys are on the bye week, man. See the fam. You know, probably eat a little bad that you're not supposed to. Get a little fat. So, you know, you, you got to be focused, man. Especially going against the Niners team. They come off in a very, very embarrassing loss to your hometown, actually. Your hometown team, the Atlanta Falcons. Very embarrassing loss to them, but they were extremely banged up. And it looks like they're going to get a lot of reinforcements potentially back this week. Trent Williams is back at practice. Nick Bosa was there at limited. Maybe uh, the former old friend may play. Who knows? Tarverius Ward. So we're going to see, man. It's funny how guys tend to, tend to get healthy during Chiefs week. It's very, very funny how that happens a lot of times. But, uh, you know, it's a great challenge rematch of the Super Bowl from a few years ago. A lot of those guys are still on that team, have a lot of sour tapes and sour taste in their mouth. So, yes, yeah, it's going to be a big challenge, but I think the Chiefs will come out focused and ready for this game. You mentioned Charverius Ward. This is from at It's Lil Mooney on Twitter. Lil Mooney. Please, please don't allow no red and yellow jerseys in Levi Stadium next week, Faithful. Fill it up, red and gold the replies to that were just i mean why even set yourself up like that i mean just just know that you're gonna get i didn't even think he's gonna get booed like if there's chiefs fans in the building and he makes a play they might be upset but he's not somebody that that chiefs fans are angry at are they no i think it's more with him within himself i think he probably feels like the chiefs uh felt like they didn't need him they didn't uh, give him the bag like the Niners did and he's like oh you think you could just move on without me and draft the first round corner you're gonna be okay a little sour so, grapes you think it's yeah, a little sour grapes over there no and then obviously the Chiefs he knows how good the Chiefs have been and how good they're still going to be now he went to a great team himself obviously but you know he won a ring with the Chiefs right so it's a lot of personal attachment there as well so I think he felt like wow you guys didn't value value me like that? Okay, so now I'm going to be a little petty. So I think that's all it is. We talk a lot about the Chiefs' first eight games or the first eight teams they'll face this year and how it's the toughest stretch in NFL history. But this two-game stretch specifically, extremely tough based on how the teams have done this year. The Chiefs have drawn the NFL's number one offense and number one defense in consecutive weeks. Buffalo led the league in yards per game entering week six. And San Francisco leads the league in fewest yards allowed entering week seven. You can't sleep on the Niners. It's a road game. It's a longer flight, I guess, technically than usual going out. I mean, you're in you're in KC, so I guess halfway through. But um, 
the offense needs to come out. If you think 20 points is going to get it done or 24 points, uh, whatever, uh, I don't know. I think uh, Chiefs Niners, I think Casey's going to need to bring a more consistent offense than they did against Buffalo. Yeah, I agree. And I think they will, man. I think the key is sticking to the run game. And, oh, this is like beating a dead horse with Andy Reid, right? But you have to keep defenses honest, especially when they have a great pass rush like the Niners do, assuming that Nick Bosa is back. You can't just allow him to pin his ears back on third and eight, third and nine, right, and obvious passing down. So they have to establish the run game, even the quick pass game. I, I want to see some more screens as well with the running back. You asked for that last week, yeah. I know, man. I need the, they tried it a couple times, but I want to see more of it. I really think they need to use CEH more in the passing game. And, and McKinnon. He's more a C, uh, we're, we're asking for more CEH now, huh? Well, in the passing game, yes, in the passing game, because that's where I, that's where they drafted him for, right? <laughs> so I do want to see more of that. And McKinnon as well. He's a former Niner too, so maybe a little personal feeling there with him as well in this matchup. Yeah, we mentioned the Niners being the league's best defense as far as yards allowed, but as far as points per game, they're second in the league, about 15 points per game allowed, which is an insane number. I mean, playing the Falcons will do that to anybody, but uh, this is not an opponent you can sleep on. I will say this is drumming up a lot of positive memories about the Super Bowl, obviously. Patrick Mahomes asked about that Super Bowl victory. Andy Reid asked about Wasp and how that changed not only that game specifically, but kind of the trajectory of how Chiefs fans view the franchise. Uh, You know, obviously that changed that game going forward and, and and then winning the Super Bowl and kind of going forward with all those things. What, uh, what's your lasting memory? If you have one, I know this is a podcast and we can talk for a while, but if you had one, if I had one, be? one, I mean, obviously the, the clear one is lost, right? But let me not, but did a- you think the game, did you think the game was won in that moment? Because that's what I asked Chiefs fans a lot. Like, yeah, they got a bit. They got a big chunk play out of that, but you still had to score. I think twice, right? Yeah, it was twenty to ten at that point, I believe. Okay, yeah. They ended up scoring, make it twenty to seventeen. But I mean, I think you can say the game was won there because don't forget that was like third. That was like third and fifteen. Like it, it was, it was third down. So if you don't get that, I mean, in desperation, you probably have to go for it on fourth and fifteen because it's in the fourth quarter, Super Bowl. But the odds of you getting that are very, very low. So, I mean, I think you can say that probably did win the game. Yeah, I don't know if really that game, I mean, obviously some warm fuzzies maybe, not being played in the same stadium. You said a lot of guys on the team are still there. I didn't do any notes or anything, but are a lot of the same guys on the team there? I mean, I know Garoppolo is there, well, but. That's like the main guys, Garoppolo, Debo, Kittle, Trent okay. Williams, Nick yeah. Bosa. I think the crazy thing is, is how much Kansas City has turned over since that game. And Coach yeah, Andy was kind of asked about yeah. that. Like the fact that they're still contending, still seen as one of these top few teams in the AFC after basically flipping their roster, flipping their starters, flipping all these guys, investing in young players. Just three years later, you come back with 15, who's already been to a number of Super Bowls since then. Uh, I, I, I that's kind of what I think about more. So, the only guy from offense in that, in that game is just Mahomes and Kelsey, right? I, I believe so. There, well, when, Hartman, 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 too. When, oh, yeah, I forgot, uh, but I'll have to look back on that. We'll get a tweet out about that. Yeah. Um, I think one of the funniest things I wasn't in KC for that, I was watching that as a neutral observer, 
I lived in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina at the time. I think one of the funniest things is when I one of my first press availabilities after that, Tyreek was talking about going to Club Live and how they how they just lived. I was like, okay, well, I, I know what that was my introduction to like Tyreek and his availabilities. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Chiefs Niners Sunday from from I wanted to say Candlestick. I was like this close to saying Candlestick. What is Levi. the name? Levi. Yeah. From in Levi. Santa Clara. It's not even in San Francisco. It's in Santa Clara. I think actually the Chiefs. I don't think actually the Chiefs and Niners played. I think preseason last year at, at, in a game that I. I yeah, it was. Um, that was the first was preseason Trey, game. Trey Lance's first game. That was, and he threw that. He threw that touchdown, and we haven't heard from Devin Key ever since. I think Devin Key. Is still he was at, like a camp, he, he was a big champ guy. Like he's still was at Levi Stadium right now, <laughs> waiting for that callback from the Chiefs. Oh, you're wrong. Man. Yo, my bad. If Devin Key's listening, I apologize. Yeah. You were a camp all star, and I wrote a couple stories about you. So go read them. <laughs> Let's go to Vegas real quick. How about that? Mark went. Uh, yeah, I mean, you went one and one last week. You, you only had you only had two picks. Uh, started just threw it up on the screen. Chiefs two and a half points, which mm, interesting. We'll see if that's one of your picks. Let me recap what you did last week. You took the over total points on the game, which I think was one of the most popular bets in America last week. And Vegas just absolutely cleaned off the entire table and, and dumped it in and said, thank you very much. The under hit at 44 points, which is nuts. I know a lot of people lost money there. But you got it back. Bills cover at two and a half with them winning by four. You go one and one last week, seven and eight on the year. This is the last week before the bye. So you've burned up all of your <laughs> all of your goodwill. We're judging from here on out. And this is a chance to go above 500 uh, down the stretch. What you got for us, Mark? So I have three plays this week. There we go. There we go. There we go. I'm proud of you. Proud of you. What you got? Okay, so one of them actually is what's on this lower third right here. Chiefs minus two and a half. I love this number. I think it's too low. They're giving too much credit for the home team, right? If this game was in Arrowhead, the Chiefs would be favored by at least five, mm. right? So give me Chiefs minus two and a half. Coming off a loss, you got Willie Gay coming back, probably Trent McDuffie. The offense had a slow game. I know they're going against the top defense, but they're banged up. Still may have guys coming back, but how healthy are they really going to be? And I still question will these guys really come back because they play the Rams next week. That's a more important game for the Niners than the Chiefs game. Mm. So I could see a, a situation where they're like, okay, game time. You know what? Let's sit them another week because we have a big divisional game against the Rams next week. And they have a bye after that. So I could see the thinking there. So just monitor that. But regardless, I have the Chiefs minus two and a half. I like that a lot. Got the Chiefs by a touchdown in this game. Not two. I know you want the two. Just the touchdown. That's that's your catchphrase. We'll we'll take them by one. What else you got for us? And my player props. I got the over on Juju's receiving yards at 49 and a half. I think this is incredibly low considering what he did last week. I think him and Mahomes are building chemistry by the week. So I expect them to get more targets as you were alluding to earlier. By the week, I do think he will get that seven to eight this week. And he catches everything. He doesn't drop anything. I don't think he has one drop all year. And he was five for five last week. Expect a seven for seven or seven for eight this week. And I think he clearly gets over 49 and a half yards. And then my last play, I'm going to the other side. I'm going to enemy lines this time. I'm taking the under 
on Jeff Wilson's rushing yards at 50 and a half. Last week against your Falcons, they only had 25 yards, but they didn't run him as much. But I can see a scenario where that happens again. If they get behind early, you're not going to be able to run the ball as much, right? And I can see the Chiefs jumping out to an early 10-0, 14-0 type lead, right? I can see that happen. I really can. So considering that, I think they may have to abandon the run game. And with Jeff Wilson, you know, he's the running back number one right now. And actually, I misspoke. I'm sorry. It's actually 60 and a half. It's not 50 and a half. It's 60 and a half. I'm 60 sorry. and a half. It's 60 and a half. Yeah, 60 and a half. So that I helps. think that helps. Yeah, yeah, it helps a lot. That's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the difference right there. Yes, 10 yards is a lot. So I like the under there. I think with Willie Gay back and Trent McDuffie back as well, even in the back end, I think that helps the front line, as you alluded to earlier as well. So I like the under there as well. So those are my three plays. Chiefs minus two and a half. The over on Juju's receiving yards at 49 and a half. And the under on Jeff Wilson's rushing yards at 60 and a half. Mark is handing out winners. I actually have a good feeling about these. I think you get above 500 going into the bye. 46 minutes and we're still not yet getting to the comments one of my favorite parts of the show we got some comments here we got voicemails here Serta's in the back chopping up tape look at him he's just throwing lower thirds up i mean the the, the production quality we came a long way from a space let me say that hey man you know it's still uncharted territory for me uh i just breathe better in space which is crazy right like the air just feels better to me in space so i'm i'm struggling down here with you guys on earth with you little people sir sir to hit the voicemail please i don't think that the chief should go after all Beckham jr i think they should focus on the defensive line pretty short and concise there appreciate whoever that was chiming in i would love for y'all to rock with us and leave your name so we can shout you out maybe your name and where you're from listening from it's always cool to see how uh how how far the chief's kingdom spreads i i kind of am with this anonymous caller i don't think odell beckham jr is a is a need i think he's more of a want i think he's more of a you know a sizzle than your steak i think and we've mentioned this earlier, at what cost does Odell Beckham come with? If he's a lottery ticket and it's the six-week thing and he he's coming in just to just to run his routes and you got a package for him and whatever, and he makes you more dynamic and you feel like you can make it work, sure. Um, but I don't think that he makes Kansas City exponentially better. I mean, if you had to pick between OBJ or getting a pass rusher or a D lineman, I would go D lineman. I know I was really hyped about the OBJ thing, and I still am, but if you had to pick one or the other, I think that is a bigger need. I agree with you on that. Because, I mean, for all the stuff that we're talking about the offense, they're still first in points per game in the league. <laughs> they're, it's, they're averaging nearly 30 points a game. So, you know, like you said, I do think it's more of a won't. But if you can get them, then I'll still get them. Shelly and Richie King, OBJ is a cool sign, but don't need him. D-line or C cornerback would fill a need. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and I uh, – Darius Smith – one of our photographers at KSHB41, we watched pretty much all the games from the same vantage point, and he immediately wanted Casey to go out and sign someone, and I didn't get that reaction from, from Chiefs' bills. To me, it was a last guy with the ball, has a shot at winning the game, and like I said to start off this pod, if you're giving me Mahomes with a minute four left against anybody, I'm taking that. And that was with your two corners being rookies and Willie Gabe being out. 
let's let's hold our water a little bit. Let's yellow light together and, and, and get through this without any any. Uh, and Shelly and Richie King jump in and say maybe a tackle. That <laughs> that ain't bad either, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, uh, especially right tackle. I mean, Wiley had a really, really rough game, really, really rough game. But I think it's one of those situations where you're going to have to just live with and just give him a little help. And maybe if Niang comes back, maybe you throw Niang in there, maybe. But I don't I don't know. What else we got on the There's voicemail, no sir? Right, I'm going to be honest. My hottest chief take is uh, the play calling is holding us back. We play like we, we got the lead or something. We should not be playing like that. Put the team away, keep putting them away, step on their throat. Second hot take. Clyde Edwards the layers ass. Get that man off the field. Pacheco and McKinnon. Should the only be the only one playing. That's it. That's all you got. Didn't want to put his name on that one either. It's crazy. These sound like hostage style videos. Dudes, dudes don't want to leave their name. It's like written in chicken scratch, you know. The anonymous CEH shot at the end. You go first on this one, because you know how I feel. <laughs> Uh well, uh, you take the CH. Uh, the play calling. Um, I didn't feel the way about them not being aggressive enough. I thought sometimes they're maybe being too aggressive, especially before halftime. If you remember the possession before the Bills' ninety-eight yard drive, they had the ball near midfield on first down. They passed the ball in completion. So now you have to pass the ball on second down. I think Mahomes got sacked, and then you're in a third and long. You have no chance. Why don't you run the ball on that first down? Because even if you get nothing, you at least waste some clock. If the Bills do get the ball back, you're still near midfield, and you may even get three or four yards there. But now since you got an incompletion, you're forced to pass. Now you get sacked, and the drive is dead. The Bills should even got the ball back in that situation. And that's one drive nobody's talking about. I think that was a key pivotal point in the game because you had a chance to double up because you get the ball back to start the second half. So you could have went down there and scored with the Bills not getting the ball back, and you get the ball back to start the second half. Then now you got to punt. The Bills go down and score. That was the key moment in the game for me. Uh, yeah, I don't really question most of the play calling. To me, I agree with more of the chat here. Sometimes it's just execution. That Michael Burton drop that, to your point, not many people are talking about. There are some key plays in this game that – could have decided it that killed a drive uh, that ended up turning into I, I believe three instead of seven or, or it there are times when they don't uh fully click on all cylinders and, we, and we've seen that in the past the ceh thing i crunched the numbers 393 and five touchdowns through six weeks i, I don't see where where you're getting ass from that uh this is classic this is a classic chiefs wanting to uh Chiefs Kingdom not really loving CEH, but I think it's actually something interesting that from Andy Reid's press conference today, and maybe not a lot of people will catch this. He was asked about, and this was from the head honcho himself, Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, asked him how he decides which running back is going to go in. Is it a hot hand thing? Do they have plays designed for, for one another? Who? How do you make that decision? And Andy Reid let it slip. You know, we do do hot hands sometimes. They all have packages, but we try to keep it as close to 50-50 as we can. We knew this coming into the year. I mean, we knew that it was a split backfield. We knew, um, you know, CEH wasn't the original guy. But for him to be one half of your your two-headed monster, to have given you five scores in 393 through six weeks, you're thrilled if you're a Chiefs fan. And I... Back to one of our older on wax segments. 
I got him being over a thousand yards and a double digit touchdown guy for KC this year. And that's a win for Kansas city. So uh, it, it, for, for chiefs kingdom who don't like 25, I guess you're going to have to swallow that horse pill like medicine. Cause uh, they're going to, it's going to be a, a steady dose of him all year long. Yeah. I have, I don't have much to add to that. I think um, you live what you're getting from CH right now. I mean, He's on pace for your prediction, like for sure. He already has five touchdowns. So he's he's definitely on pace to get double-digit touchdowns, and he's on pace to get over 1,000 yards. So I think you you should be happy with that. I don't know what the expectations were before some people before the year, but I think it's just people are just rag, ragging on CEH. It's just the easy thing to do at this point. So no matter what he does, people are going to complain. It's like people ragging on you for your picks. I mean, it's just the easy thing to do, right? Say bet the house. Ha, 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 ha. That's this. That's a low hanger. You're the one that do it. You're you're the you're the main culprit. <laughs> Good show, man. We, we we put on we put on we put on over an hour of content, and I think this is going to be the the double edged sword for our audience. It's a bye week. They call it a bye week for a reason. We're gonna go bye bye next week. No show. Uh, <laughs> Mar- <laughs> do do the Steph Curry. Do do the, do the night night. It's no Chiefs coast to coast. On uh, October 26th, that's going to be the bye week. And I, I think a lot of the shows in the network are doing the same. Maybe we'll throw in a spaces for you. We'll, throw, I, space. I, we'll, we'll, space. we'll throw spaces in. Mark and I have, have committed to, uh, you know, trying to trying to schedule one out. And we'll get one when he's not off the, you know, off the little sip sip, off the, off the drink drink. We'll get one when he's in good mind. and uh, <laughs> Or maybe not. <laughs> or maybe not. <laughs> Our next show is November 2nd. Uh, I just make sure I got that in here. Uh, November 2nd. In the meantime, 816-514-1267. If you want to holler at us. <sighs> He'll be a chief by our next show. Oh, my gosh. We're out of here. <laughs> Goodbye. Appreciate y'all. <laughs>